Adrian Peterson is taking care of things right now. Down the sideline. If he can get loose, he's gone. Illigway will score. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown. Georgia Southern. Hello, Georgia Southern fans, and welcome to episode number two of Georgia Southern Extra. I am Travis Shadon, the beat writer for the Eagles for the Savannah Morning News, savannahnow.com. Right now, at this moment when we are recording the podcast, we're 17 days and six hours away from Georgia Southern's kickoff of the 2018 season. I'm joined, as always, by Greg Talbot of WSAV. Greg, how are you? I'm good, Travis. It was a good scrimmage on Saturday that was fun to see, and I finally feel like we kind of have an idea of where this Eagle team is at as we get ready for Game 1. Yeah, it was a good scrimmage depending, I guess, on what side of the ball you're on. But So yeah, let's jump right in. We'll do our four downs where Greg and I just have some quick hits from the scrimmage from the week before and just any observations that we have. So I'll start from the scrimmage on Saturday, the first scrimmage of the fall for the Eagles. You know, if you've read anything about it, if you were there, you know, obviously, that the defense was dominant in that that game and so my first takeaway has to be that the offensive line has a lot of work to do so outside of Curtis Rainey at center there's a ton of question marks now you can look at it in one of two ways glass half full glass half empty I guess glass half full would be the there's a lot of depth there's a lot of moving parts a lot of flexibility and uh, that's as far as I can go as far as glass half full for this offensive line. So what they looked like on Saturday was Rainey at center, Jeremiah Colbert at left tackle, Jacob Cooper at left guard, Aaron Dowdell at right guard, the transfer, and then at right tackle, Brian Miller. Quickly, Jaworski Webb was moved around from tackle to guard um, on both sides of the line. So my takeaway, the offensive line has a lot of work to do. The defensive line, especially the interior of the defensive line, just dominated the Eagles. Greg, second down for you. Yeah, second down for me is the fact that the defense on the paybacking off what you were saying with the offensive line, the defense was not only good at coverage because, you know, as we knew, even with this new Bob DeBess offense, they're going to run out of the shotgun, run the option, they're still going to pass. Right. This defensive line was blowing up plays in the backfield all day long from the secondary, from the corners, from the interior of the D-line, from the edge rushers. Like, I was so pleasantly surprised at how easily this team was able to get into the backfield on defense because don't forget both of the both sides of the ball both units have new coordinators there's Bob DeBess mm-hmm. on the offense Scott Sloan on the defense Bob DeBess is trying to bring a new look to the system that they've been running all along which is the option offense at least since the Willie Fritz era out of the shotgun for sure the defense flipped their entire thing Scott Sloan is taking this from a 4-3 defense to a 3-4 defense the fact that the strength and conditioning coach has been able to get this defensive line with three players into the backfield while also bringing some fast guys out of the secondary to to blow up plays. I was really impressed at how quickly this unit was able to embrace their new scheme, considering it's a completely new scheme and this was the first scrimmage. Right. The defensive line definitely looks the part physically. All right, third down, uh, Georgia Southern held running back Wesley Fields out of the scrimmage on Saturday. Uh, My takeaway from that is that's smart. Because, you know, we've already touched on the offensive line issues, uh, having Wesley Fields returning from off-season shoulder surgery. He's close to 100% from what I've been told, and he probably could have played. He was dressed out in shoulder pads and uniform. But holding him out, I think, is the right move because clearly from the offensive struggles already we've seen in practices and in the scrimmage, Wesley Fields is a must-have for this offense, and they need him healthy come, come September 1 and really come September 8th and beyond 
So I think that uh, holding Fields out, who has 1,985 career yards, so he'll likely hit the 2,000-yard mark against South Carolina State. If he doesn't, then something went terribly wrong. But So the Eagles got to look at some other running backs, but West Fields was held out, and for my money, that's a smart move for now. Yeah, I think that's a smart thing to do. And uh, fourth down for me is the depth's the wrong word. Fourth down for me is the necessary contributions of other non-big name wide receivers that Georgia Southern is going that's to a need. nice way of putting it. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> obviously entering this season, Obi Fortune is wide receiver number one. He's mm-hmm. been a good contributor, especially last year. Made a couple big catches, was a regular contributor as a wide receiver. Got the the official news from the Georgia Southern Athletic Department not all that long ago that Malik Henry was transferring out. Malik Henry was supposed to be the number two wide receiver this year. Mm-hmm. And the thing about the guy you'd expect to be number three, Wes Kennedy from Savannah, Benedict and graduate, you'd expect him to slide into that number two role, except he's really more of a of a, of a slot guy who's also going to be taking handoffs out of the backfield like he did last year in the option system. Right. So he's not a true second receiver. So entering the scrimmage, I really didn't know what to think. I, I, I was saying to myself and folks at WSAV, I know Georgia Southern's got a stable of receivers. I know they have more people except Westfield, uh, rather than Wes Kennedy and Obi Fortune. But we did see some guys... Uh, make catches otherwise we know Wanya Tarver made a couple and then Mashad did, did yeah. he actually make a catch no but he was with the ones to start off yeah, with he was, and, he was with the ones didn't make a catch yeah and if I do remember correctly he did have a pretty nice catch across the middle that got called back for something or another yeah Darian Anderson and, and Colby Rance my red shirt junior also made catches right. so the thing I would my main takeaway for the wide receivers is that we knew Fortune was going to be there and we know John West Kennedy is going to be a contributor. Mm-hmm. We've now got four other receivers who we need to familiarize ourselves with because it looks like they've got about five that they're going to line up as true wide receivers, yep. excluding Kennedy. And the fact of the matter is, if you're a defense that isn't South Carolina State on Georgia Southern schedule, you can zero in on the option offense and you can zero in on OB Fortune. And it's going to be up to these four guys and maybe a tight end to be able to, to break open in space and make some catches when they do want to pass because I am a little bit worried that there's only one big-time wide receiver that we know headed into this season. That's not a good sign, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of space to be had, if you will. There's a lot of uh, spots available, I think, after the one. You could even make an argument that at the one with Obi Fortune that that's not necessarily solidified yet just based off of where he lined up on Saturday but there's a lot of moving parts for the receivers that could end up being a good thing yeah, or the point thing. is outside of the tight end Ellis Richardson and, <laughs> yeah. the, and the wide receiver Obi Fortune if you want to make a name for yourself as a, as a pass catcher at Southern this year you can yeah yeah now it's not like there won't be reps to be had if you want to stand out and, and make some plays and and make a name for yourself you can do it this year it's not like there's a ceiling on top of you right for sure there's something to be said about that yeah all right, so moving on, let's uh, recap You know, just the news and notes from this past week. We had the scrimmage on Saturday, obviously. Most of these takeaways will be from that just because that's our first chance to get to see the ones versus ones, twos versus twos, et cetera. Um, so, Greg, quickly, I-, I wanted to touch on this from everything, and, y- and you've covered the team longer than I have. The paranoia with uh, Wirtz lining up out of the shotgun to run the option offense as opposed to under center has already begun to take forward on the internet and, and, has and I've, across I've been on the message boards. Yes, or don't. I would advise not okay. to go on there because the words 
shotgun, under center, and triple option are are rampant on there. And so I wanted to quickly touch on that, that, that you can run an option, A, out of a shotgun, and B, that the triple option is not the offense. It's, it's a play. So the offense is the read option. Right, right, and, no, then, and you can run the and you can run the option out of the gun to great effect. Not for yes. the the Lily Fritz years. It's right. not like that hasn't been done well at Southern before. And you can run it out of, under center. You can run it in a bunch yeah. of different ways. And my main rationale for this is that if you under center or if you run it out of shotgun, if it's not succeeding, it's not because of that. You know, you can blame it on clear that out quickly. The triple option is not the offense. It's a play. And so in, in my background in football, I was never a shotgun option quarterback. So I don't know. I've never asked Shia Wirtz about how the differences are. Yeah. My gut would tell me, actually, coming out of the shotgun, although you've got more ground to make up if you're starting to play as a quarterback, I would think it's probably easier for your field vision, especially if you have an offensive line that's letting defensive guys for come sure. through the cracks. Yeah. I would think that... The shotgun offense, the shotgun option for a team with uh, offensive line that is not a brick wall probably makes it easier under skill position guys, including Shywarts. Right. Yeah. And so I think that you know it's gonna they're gonna it's gonna take time. But on Saturday they only ran three or four different variations of really the same read option play. Um, the guys are still trying to get a handle on the playbook, but that for my money has a large is you know is a big reason why the defensive line dominated so heavily is because there wasn't much variation there. Quickly, yeah, also let's touch on some injured guys and some uh, guys that have returned. We already touched on Wesley Fields, who was held out of Saturday's game or Saturday's scrimmage. He could have played. Um, no need to risk it there. Raymond Johnson the third, the defensive end, was held out. He's back in practice now after a contusion. Uh, Todd Bradley, the inside linebacker, apparently has a knee and is still out, a knee injury. Uh, this is a guy that had skin cancer in high school, then an ACL, I think, two years ago. So he was expected to be a premier player in this defense, and especially at the inside linebacker next to Reese, uh, to Marcia Reese. So without him, it looks like it might be Chris Harris, but Todd Bradley's out for now, so keep an eye on that, uh, Georgia Southern fans. Another linebacker, Emory McKenzie, the transfer. City College of San Francisco. Uh, yeah. Let's go, I saw, baby. I knew when I saw that uh, McKenzie transferred in from San Francisco, I knew he would automatically become your guy. City College. Have you gotten your number 39 jersey yet for Emory McKenzie? No, the only jersey I got in my closet is Jimmy Garoppolo, number 10. Oh, man. Well, that's for a different podcast. I can't go into Jimmy <laughs> G right now. And then, Greg, also, you were touched on the receivers earlier. I guess we don't really need to go back over the receivers right now. But, go ahead. You have um, So I, I think... That you can pencil in Wes Kennedy for slot, and then at the other two spots, it's going to be Fortune, Obi Fortune, and then um, you know, for my money, it's Colby Ransom. But like we said before, there's a bunch of spots open, a bunch of opportunities open, um, and I think that you know, the second wide receiver spot is not something like you know, for instance, the punter position or the starting quarterback. You don't have to decide that by the first drive of September one. No. So, but I, it, it is a position that's probably going to... You should decide it by September 8th. Yeah, I think they need to decide a lot by September 8th, but I think maybe going into September 1, that I'll, everyone we've seen, especially with the new retro rule, everyone we've seen so far contribute here and there. It's going to be put up or shut up time uh, for the receivers to line up alongside Fortune because 
if one guy separates himself, I'm not sure that the rest of the group has enough firepower to catch back up. So wide receiver spot for sure is a, is a spot to keep an eye on. And then finally, the safety spot is something that you know I've said since the beginning of the offseason that this is going to be the biggest strength of the Georgia Southern team, not just their defense, that their secondary is going to be very, very good and very, very experienced. Right now they have uh, Josh Moon and Sean Freeman at safety, and then uh, McQuavian, Brinson, and Kendall Vildor at corner. All of those guys upperclassmen. Behind them, though, Jesse Liptrot had an, a really, really good game, an impressive game Saturday at, at, during the scrimmage. And then Jay Bowdry will probably move down to what is the outside linebacker spot, anchor spot, you know, and, and with without having Bradley in the middle, the linebacking core could shift. So that's another thing to keep an eye on. But but the strength of that team or that defense probably is the secondary. Would you agree? Absolutely. This episode of Georgia Southern Extra is brought to you by the Difference Makers Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast with Adam Van Brimmer featuring area industry leaders in business, government, arts and culture, and more. The latest episode features an interview with Jesse and Emily Cole, the owners and operators of the Savannah Bananas. Get insights on how they brought the team to Savannah, how they are such a success in getting fans out to the ballpark with fan-first entertainment, and more. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and visit savannahnow.com slash podcast for more. All right, uh, straight thoughts. Let's let's just wrap this up and talk about some final points to make before next week and heading into the last two weeks leading up to the South Carolina State game. The punter battle, super, super boring to talk about, but super, super important, I think, because let's face it, if the offense looks like it does for now or any variation like it does for now, then the punter might end up being really valuable. For necessary. Yeah, necessary. So... Uh, Right now, it's really McGill, Bowerly, and Anthony Beck, the Evingham freshman, who's, I love to see it, is listed as punter slash tight end on the roster. That's the throwback that I like to see. Um, Beck looked really, really good in the in the scrimmage. He, he punted a, a 59-yarder that had, a, it seemed like, 20 seconds of hang time. Um, and that came about 15 minutes after McGill Bowerly shanked like a 20-yarder. Now, Beck did have the wind at his back, but... 59 to 25 yards that's a that's a big big difference so the punter battle I think is going to be won by Anthony Beck but we you know we don't have any word on that yet that's something that I think come September 1 will be decided and then whoever that guy is will be the punter for the rest of the year for the Eagles what about some freshmen you know what freshmen have stuck out for you Greg so far for me there's you know there's been a lot of them true freshmen and redshirt freshmen that I think can really contribute. Yeah, the the big one that I think most people who are watching the game would say is, is C.J. Wright, and he's a yeah. Georgia guy, is familiar with this system. Uh, yeah, I, I'd say C.J. Wright, and obviously on the defensive side of the ball, I think there are not a lot of freshmen who are going to get to be starters for, yeah. for 12 games. Yeah. But I would say that, yeah, I think we're going to see C.J. Wright on the field a lot, right? You have to. Yeah. You have to, yeah. I mean, he, he looks... He looks like a beast. He, yeah, he looks He looked like a starter. For him to be a true freshman and to be uh, as as confident as he is in front of the media, and then also forgetting all of that, just the way he looks on the field, he looks like he can contribute to a, a lot of teams, especially this team in the middle. And, and then you have a guy in front of him, and, and Ian Bush, that that's you know a senior, no tackle, so you're not going to ask CJ Wright to play three downs a series, you know. So, 
I think C.J. Wright definitely is a guy that's... Cycle him in there, though, for sure. Yeah, and I think he'll, he's going to eclipse that four-game redshirt mark. And that's the thing with, with the new redshirt rule, for those of you who aren't familiar, a guy, a freshman can play four games and still receive the redshirt. So if, if a guy is used more than those four games, you would have to expect him to be used for all 12. So I think C.J. Wright is a lock to do that. Uh, Parker Devine at defensive end looks good too. Uh, he was going against the twos mostly because of the injury to Raymond Johnson, uh, but he looks the part. Down the road, I think Marcus Rogers at receiver is is going to be a real weapon. He what looks, a frame on him! Huh? I mean, yeah, he he is something to behold because that's a receiver that Georgia Southern hasn't had in quite Just a while. Just a specimen. I yeah. mean, the wingspan on him alone is going to make it easy for him to get separation. Right, and then you know, sliding him out with. Kennedy maybe on the inside of him you could do a lot with that we know yeah. so Rodgers is, is a guy that's probably going to receive that redshirt but it, you know looking down the line at cornerback Justin Birdsong was really 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 good on Saturday um, he's a fairly highly touted recruit uh, three-star cornerback I think that from from what I can tell the nickel slot is open the third cornerback slot is open I don't know if Birdsong's gonna gonna win the job but I would have to think that he that he's in the running for it right now after Vildor and Brinson. Well, and you have to think he's going to be in consideration because last year Southern had the title, I guess, the title's the wrong word, of being the youngest team in the Sun Belt Conference and one of the youngest teams in college football, mm-hmm. right? So uh, this year, they've got guys who are now upperclassmen. And like you mentioned, all the big names on the defense are, are upperclassmen. Yep. It would behoove... The future of this team to at least have one or two or three younger guys in there contributing, even as a starter, at least as a regular rotation guy. It's one thing to go all in in a season where you can compete to win the division, the Eastern Division, maybe win the Sun Belt Conference. I'm not sure there's many illusions this year that they're going to win the division and compete with Arkansas State for the conference championship. So I would think that Scott Sloan and Chad Lunsford would look for a lot of chances to get younger guys, especially freshmen, involved. Yeah, Yeah. and and, you know we'll touch on it all year. Keeping up with how many games each freshman has played is going to tell us a lot yeah. because if you know if a guy's being held out and, and really the same could be said about about Justin Tomlin the quarterback I mean you could argue that he Tomlin will be fourth on the depth chart likely fifth to be honest but as a true freshman there's no reason not to get him at least a game or two of reps, a series here, a series there. Get him in there against South retro. Carolina. Get him to South Carolina State, maybe. right? And and of course, you need because that's not going to be a close game, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, you think I mean, probably? I mean, I I hope it's a close game. I, I'm anticipating that it's not. You think Georgia Southern's going to run away with it? Yeah, I think they're going to by fifty. <laughs> uh, yeah. So those are the freshmen that we want to keep an eye on. Greg, you have anything else before we get to some key dates that people need to be not on, looking not, out for? Not in terms of Southern football. You go ahead. All right, yeah, so so coming up, guys, what you should be looking out for, Friday night, this Friday, August 17th, 4.30 to 6.30 is the second Georgia Southern scrimmage. It's at Paulson Stadium. Um, it's free admission, and for those kind of wondering what you'll get, it's it's an opportunity to go and see if you've had, you know, if you've been reading about this guy for the last six months and you want to get a good look at him, this is your chance because there's plenty of seats, obviously. You can walk right in. Real easy to walk in, walk out whenever you want. Um, I think Friday at 4.30, uh, if you still have questions about this team, it's a good day to go check them out. And then down the road next Friday, August 24th from 6 to 8 p.m. in Savannah, Georgia Southern will bring their show to Savannah and practice at the Armstrong campus. They'll do it 
from 6 to 8 p.m. And then afterwards, there'll be a fan fest, which I'm assuming will involve autographs, possibly some schedules, maybe some T-shirts, Greg, for the folks. I'm a little bit bummed personally that uh, you actually I would think you probably get to go to those. The unfortunate part about those them scheduling those on a Friday is high school football starts the, this Friday. The games start of high school. Football. Yeah, start at seven thirty. Part of me wonders if they're doing that to to kind of keep it on the down low and they almost keep it kind of in house. They did the same thing last yeah, year. Yeah, so I would think that. Well, I'm interested to, to read your articles on Savannah now and hear your thoughts next time I talk to you because. I'm not going to get to see either of these. I mean, our high school football coverage on WSAV starts this Friday. Like the 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 twelve hour day marathon started right on Monday it. for me for the next twelve weeks. So I think we're all going to be relying on your writing and your podcast and your recaps, Travis, because I'm not going to get to see either of those scrimmages. Well, I will be there for all of it. That's for sure. So yeah, like Greg said, keep an eye on SavannahNow.com. Buy your buy your newspaper daily. Subscribe, and then for this podcast, make sure you download, subscribe, and rate it. Anywhere you want on Google, Spotify, iTunes. Follow me at Jadon Sports on Twitter. Greg, do you want to run? Yeah, it's just at Greg Talbot on Twitter. Actually, can I do one pitch, Travis? Because it's do not as many it, pitches as you want, Greg. Yeah, so it's it's also not just those places where folks can find you starting in two weeks from That's right. Thursday. They're going to get to find you on WSAV.com and WSAV. You were so great on our high school football talk show last year that we are starting a digital college football talk show focused around Georgia, the SEC, and Georgia Southern. It's called the College Football Blitz. You and Ben Troop from ESPN Radio Coastal will be doing a once-weekly 20-minute, half-hour digital show with us that will also air on WSAV.com. So if you're listening at home and say, hey, I also want to hear you know, not only about Georgia Southern and Travis's insights on that, but also about the SEC, the rest of the ACC, maybe Savannah State, on WSAV.com, Travis will be part of that show starting, what's that going to be, August 30th? 30th, I think, yeah. The 30th, it'll be on WSAV.com, and you'll be part of that. Yeah, I'm excited for that, too. Thanks for reminding me of that. I You're definitely welcome. forgot about that. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited for that, guys. Until next time, next Wednesday, we'll be back um, with a interview with head coach Chad Lunsford, some more thoughts from us. And then a week after that, we'll preview South Carolina State like no one else does. So until next time, guys, we'll see you next week. Adrian Peterson is taking care of things right now. Down the sideline. If he can get loose, he's gone. Illigway will score. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown. Georgia Southern.